On this episode of the State of the Bulldogs with Sam, Mike, and Jeb, we take a brief pause from our summer interview interview series to bring you a little recap of the SoCon Media Day that happened on July 27th in Greenville, South Carolina. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate us five stars, and leave a good review. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at State of the Dogs. And with that, let's kick this thing off. I would imagine that yeah. there's nothing wrong yeah. in a second yeah. on a Saturday night. Yeah. After a big win. Yeah. Eight against a four and five team from the FCS. And here goes Montreal Washington. He skipped through the defenders and he's taking it all the way. On the run, he's got room. Inside the five, Quintendon wins it! SoCon champ! Alright, fellas, so we are officially in August. It's the night of August 1st. We're about 30 days away uh, from Sanford football. Jeb and I had the pleasure of going to uh, Greenville, South Carolina to catch the SoCon Media Day and get a little pulse on what's happening in the conference. Michael, we miss you there, man, but uh, it's good to have you tonight. How are y'all doing, guys? Doing well, Sam. Doing well. Good to see you, man. Good to see you, Mike. See, I'm excited to hear about the trip. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, it's nice to just be back recording after a little hiatus with all of these pretty sweet interviews. It's weird for me to be jumping from baseball to football. I mean, I feel like it's been just a couple weeks since baseball season ended, but I guess it's been a whole summer. I know, it's kind of weird. It seems like every yeah. day I log into Twitter and I see Sanford Scoop saying, 29 days till Sanford football and post like a highlight from 10 years ago. I do love those highlights <laughs> yeah. though. Okay, yeah. I love these highlights. So many. I, so, I love it. But so like, many from our tenure, from our like four years there. Exactly. Like give me more and more Krell Hamilton highlights, please. Give me more and more Kelvin McKnight highlights. Fabian I mean, Trust. Love Fabo. Jeb, uh, we were at our buddy's wedding the night before. So Jeb was already here in Atlanta and we made the trek. To the, the brief trek uh, down to Greenville or over to Greenville. But Jeb, what did you think of the hotel right when we pulled up? This place is brand new and it's really nice. It's really nice. Yeah. We were like, wow. They had they had like the SoCon, you know, banners up, SoCon Media Day. Yeah. It, I think the, the coolest touch that I saw was the hotel put, or maybe it was SoCon, I don't know. They had print, like the SoCon logo on printed on the windows oh yeah that was sick. of the hotel and they had like, like a, all um, these nice refreshments in there for the media like frosted glass yeah like frosted glass like socon right. logo yeah and then you go around back and there's like this grassy area and you probably if you're a listener you see our pictures on social media but they had painted it like a football field you know i don't know it's probably like 30 yards that was cool mm-hmm. maybe and then they had yeah. all of the they teams' They could have had nicer flags. banners. Yeah. They could have had nicer flags. I will say the only knock on that one was the flags, but it looks sweet. Like the backdrop was yeah. sweet. And yeah, Jeb, all those little touches, like the frosted glass. Yeah. Even um, multiple banners with all kinds of like logos and, and the schools and whatnot kind of throughout the hotel as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the actual – so we walk in. So we walk in. And there are these two pretty intimidating looking security guards, but they're not security guards. I don't know. They're just like loitering at the front of the door and we can walk right through. We're expecting some kind of check-in, right? Like this, we emailed the, the SoCon media guy, like, Hey, we're going to be here, blah, blah, blah. Like we're expecting name tags or something or a sign in. There's nothing. Literally anybody could have walked off the street from anywhere and just gone to this event. So we kind of walk into the conference area where they have it set up. Um, and it's sweet. Like they have all these rooms. And if you tuned into ESPN plus, they might've panned around. I'm not sure. Uh, but they had the stage where, you know, they had the main interviews. Uh, and then they had a little table with a football helmet and a Jersey for each team where the coach and the two player representatives uh, would hang out for just general media interviews. So we're walking around and we run into SoCon John, who is going to be on the podcast, hopefully for uh, the Furman week, super nice guy. And we're like, dude, where is there like a sign in or anything? And, you know, he goes, you know, usually there is, but I guess, you know, they're not doing one this year. Well, John so, was like searching around too. He was like, do you guys know where we're going? Mm-hmm. I was like, no. Did you guys recognize SoCon John? Yeah, or? so it's interesting. And then and then Sam, no, Sam, you a little were, bit. Sam yeah, was little like, 
we introduced ourselves to him. We're like, hey, yeah, we're Sam Jeb. He said, oh, my name's John. And Sam goes, SoCon John? <laughs> he goes, I love yeah. <laughs> he, and Sam goes, yeah, we talked on uh, you know, Twitter or whatever. He's like, oh, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, he's a super nice guy. Um, but yeah, there was not – so for all of how nice it was, right, how fancy it was, or not necessarily fancy, but upscale, upscale, there was a lack of kind of uh, routine – admin that you would have expected. Were there fans there? Were fans Even allowed? so, all right, so... Okay. No. Well, they well, could have. Yeah, they yeah. could have been. Anybody, like I said, anyone could have walked in. There was nothing. So that was in the kind of the conference area, um, the whatever, ballroom, conference room, whatever you want to call it. Everybody knows the, the hotel space, right? On this property, there's this restaurant bar that the hotel has, and it was nice. I mean, the interior, Madeline would have been impressed. Um and it was cool. So we get there about 20 minutes before the kickoff lunch, which is the first event that we knew of. And once again, you know, just kind of a free-for-all. So we walk in. We, we see Michael Hires walk in. We saw Joseph Mara walk in in front of us. Oh, they're, they're our guys. And we follow them in. And sure enough, it's the whole restaurant, right? It's rented out for the SOCOM, but it's seat yourself wherever you want. And no, no check-in, no nothing. Uh, it's a buffet, taco buffet, surprisingly good tacos. Uh, I was pretty shocked. And, you know, we're still kind of chatting with SoCon John a little bit. Tim, he's like, hey, I'm going to go sit with the Furman guys. We're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So we kind of pan the room. I mean, we don't know anybody. This is, we don't, like, we don't even, we've never even met Coach Hatcher, right? So, uh, you know, Sanford was at the back table. There was Chris Hatcher, Michael Hires, Joseph Mara, Martin Newton, uh, funny enough, w- was sitting down. Uh, then John McAfoos, who's the assistant AD for marketing, he's kind of head of the marketing and strategic communications for the athletic department. And Tyler Brain, uh, who is the director of strategic communications for the football team. You know, they're all sitting there at the table. And fortunately enough, there were two t- two chairs at the very end uh, that had Jeb and I's name on them. We walked up and we're like, hey, guys, mind if we sit with you and they said, yeah, go ahead. So we sat down uh, with the Sanford crew and enjoyed pretty good tacos, right, Chubb? Yeah, tacos, uh, tortilla soup, churros, but no sauce. Yeah. That was the... Churros, but no sauce. That was Bummer. a big point of emphasis. Once again, you know, it's a facade of luxury. The actual nuts and bolts were a little, were missing. But anyway, so, you know, it was a great lunch. Um, and the new commissioner gets up to speak. And this was kind of his first... I think I think this was probably his first appearance yeah, in front was. of the entire conference, um, at least in front of people maybe outside of just the athletic directors right. and uh, administrators of the universities. But <clears throat> he gets up; he's a little cold, he's a little stiff, a little you know, a little robotic. Stumbles over a few words, but overall, I would say that his speech was interesting. It lacked a lot of substance, as most po- like politicky speeches do. But he gave one interesting analogy. He compared the SOCON and the FCS to the Oakland A's and Moneyball, which, okay, fair, but also... Well, see, that's what I was thinking the entire time because I was like, but how do they, how do they, how does SOCON win an FBS national championship then, for example? Right. Because they're not playing on the same... Other than right, other than resources, little, what's the comparison? I don't. That's what I was like. I don't know. And, and let me. Yeah. So he he gave the Moneyball weird analogy, and then he said organ donors for the rich, which I was like, okay, let's relax here. Uh, and then he compared NIL to having to giving a team five downs and the other team has four downs. Okay, sure, but there's that's really not a huge. That's not a huge point of emphasis on the FCS level. Um, and then he compared the state legislatures going rogue to tragedy of the commons, like the economic idea that, you know, people act in their own self-interest to the detriment of the public, uh, space or property that they're inhabiting. Well, you see, I, I kind of, okay, kind of get that. Yeah. Kind of get that, that, that one, that one tracked a little bit more. I couldn't stop thinking about how he reminded me of Scott Van Pelt, but that, <laughs> that's the, yes. Yes. I was like, wait, did just Scott without the Van Pell just leave ESPN and become the commissioner of the SoCon? Yeah. And you know, then he stated the obvious. He's like, you know, 
as an NCAA member institution, we would prefer self-governance, duh, uh, as opposed to Congress legislating how to construct, I guess, the new framework for college sports as we know it going forward. But guess where self-governance has got us into this hot mess. So I don't think that's going to end up happening. But then the last thing he said that I that I wrote down that I actually liked, and I think this is important an important perspective, especially as schools like Sanford really push the basketball program, and we love the basketball program. Um, but the temptation is always there, considering it's probably the most economical way to get exposure. But he said this: he said football represents the best chance of a SoCon school to winning a national title because we compete in a completely separate level. Uh, Every other sport is D1, D1, like real D1. Like we yeah. got to get through the Alabamas, you know, the USC's, the Texas's to win a national championship. Stanford's for all their stupid Olympic sports. Um, Water polo. Okay. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, and so I really like that point because I think it puts it in a good perspective of why football matters uh, to the FCS schools because it is a, a much more fair playing well, field. We've talked about it on the podcast, you know, like, during basketball season, we're like, well, it'd be great to get exposure in the tournament, right? Win a couple right, games. Right. But realistically, like, no, like I guess you could have a SoCon team pull a Loyola Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like, that can happen. But I'm not necessarily sure that they're going to win a national championship. Possible. But Possible. more likely in football. And I think that's a great point, right? Like, because we've, we've, Focused on basketball, and we're like, that's how. Because you said this earlier, Sam. That's how we get exposure. That's where, like, mm-hmm. a school like Sanford or any school in the SoCon could build themselves up to be like a Gonzaga. Like, it could happen in basketball. Michael, you want well, to push back? I, and that's you, not the point. It, Michael's always pushing back. I wasn't at media day, so I have nothing else to talk about. But I can relate to this. Uh, and it's not the point of the episode, yes, but let's hear it, I would argue that a SoCon school making it to the Elite Eight of uh, March Madness would do more for the SoCon brand than an FCS National Championship of football. Oh, no, I'm not making oh, that yeah, argument. We ag- okay. Yeah, we agree. Yeah, I'm not making We're that. saying, I mean, the point of sports like I said, is to like, win. Yeah. Win championships. Yeah, That's the goal of every team. And on campus, the only team that has a legitimate chance of winning a national title is the football team. Yeah. But the most fun part of the lunch was they came out with the preseason polls. They gave the coaches poll first and then the media poll. Coaches poll pretty much mirrored uh, the media poll. One exception, the media poll had Wofford second to last. The coaches had Wofford third to last. Other than that, the exact same. The biggest difference was the spread in first place votes for Furman versus Sanford. So, the media poll gave Furman 30 or 31 first place votes and Sanford got eight. Now, we're not complaining that Sanford was pegged to be one of the top two teams in the SOCON, but there was some visible uh, surprise, I should say, around the room uh, at the at the margin, at the difference uh, in the confidence between, I guess, 30, 31 media members opposed to eight. Coaches was much closer. It's 5-4. Uh, so just to run it down, so the, the media had Furman, Sanford, Mercer, UTC, Western Carolina, ETSU, Citadel, Wofford, VMI. And then we just, you know, we got it from the lunch and we kind of, we just went to that main room since, you know, we don't have, we're not a TV station. We don't have a room or whatnot. We're not a sponsor. We don't have individual interviews set up. So we have to just hang out in the general media room to interview everybody. Yeah. So we walk into the media room and... There's like ESPN or like, you know, Fox Sports Carolina, like setting up their big TV, you know, or camera stand, like right there at the Furman table and they're interviewing the coach and the players. And it seemed like that was kind of like they were getting the spotlight the entire day. Entire day. Yeah. I mean, we're sitting there, we're looking around. There's no one talking to VMI, no one talking to Western. Granted, we're in Greenville, right? So Furman and Wofford are the two teams that are like 20 minutes right away. There. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. That's fair. Yeah. Like, but we don't want to acknowledge that caveat. Okay. No, we I'm just not, want to say yeah. that 
I have to that acknowledge Furman that, I, was... that I recognize that, but <laughs> but Furman did get all the votes. Like that's the that's the point here. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah it's Furman they were basking in the spotlight. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where when the camera wasn't on the coach, the coach was looking for the camera. You Didn't they saying? bring more than two players too? They brought like a whole table of people. It felt like they brought their whole football staff. Their yeah. table, them and Citadel. Yeah, Citadel table was people. pretty full. How far is Charleston from Greenville? A couple yeah, hours. Two, three hours. Yeah, three hours. Yeah. Not too close, but not far. So, you know, we walk in. And we're hanging out with the Sanford guys. But then the Sanford guys who pulled away to go do uh, interviews with big outlets. And so Jeb and I are kind of looking around like, what do we do? Like, who do we want to talk to? And we walked up to the Western Carolina guys because we really wanted – you know, to get to talk to them because we're going to be going at least as of now on paper to Cullowee for the game. And holy crap, man. So they brought Tyler Smith and Va. I'm going to butcher his last name, but Va, he plays linebacker. Tyler Smith is a mountain. Yeah. This guy's an old lineman. He's probably what, Jeb? He's six, a mountain seven. and a mountain man. Like, only put it that way. Yeah. yeah. He's wearing cowboy boots, jeans, got a nice beard. I mean, the dude was legit. And so we asked him and Vaughn. So Vaughn was the defensive player. He was actually – I Jeb, had he even played a year for Western Carolina yet? So he had come from Cisco Community College. Um, and I don't even know where that is. But I'm not sure. It kind of sounded like he came directly from there. I don't know. Maybe he did play a year for Western regardless. We asked him, you know, what they thought the Western was going to be like. And this is what we wrote down. Tyler said, you know, he highlighted the fact they were turning 4-0 linemen. They're going to be more balanced on offense. He said, you know, they're a little too heavy on the pass. They are an air raid, kind of similar to Sanford. And they're going to be looking to run the ball a lot more this year to give the give, alleviate some of the pressure on the defense. Uh, he said, like, he got to the point last year where teams were just dropping safeties uh, to prevent the pass. So that's not great. So it's exciting that they're returning for alignment to help with that. They're super pumped to play Arkansas right out of the gate. It's double like it's interesting, right? Sanford starts off with shorter, Western starts off with Arkansas, and then we play each other. In my experience, I think it's better to start off playing a powerhouse than a cupcake if you have a very challenging game immediately after, especially beginning of the season when you're already fresh. Like you're not really worried about fatigue or or uh, attrition at that point, barring the injury, obviously. So that'll be interesting. Interesting thing to watch. But we really, this was the kind of the more interesting part is we asked them who we should be watching out for. And it kind of scared me with their answer. So they got a wide receiver. I think he was freshman also, Con, or he was on some watch list last year as a freshman. But A.J. Colombo, wide receiver, they could not stop talking about this guy. Um, just how fast he is, how he gets to space, how he wrecks people once he's in space. Sounds like a dangerous weapon. Um Fortunately, Sanford's got DBs to shut him down, but we'll see if it works. And then they gave us uh, Harry McQueen or Ed Jones. They're the other linebackers out there with Vaugh. Obviously, Vaugh was you know speaking very highly of his teammates and such, but a little bit harder to judge. The Western defense wasn't too great last year, but ended with a bang. So oh, it was fun to talk to. Joe, what do you think about them, man? Well, I'm going to pronounce his last name. Let's, let's give Thank it a you. shot. Va, vale ala a... A Montafo. That's a mouthful. It's a yeah. tough one. I know, but it's that that one. is from the pronunciation on the roster website, <laughs> Western Carolina. There you go, Joe. Welcome to the David Letterman Show. Um, <laughs> Vol looks like a beast. Tyler was. He's short though. He was short. Yeah, but he's two thirty-five. Like. He's like I'm just saying, Jabari Brooks would mow him down. Anyway. Or is it, is it he's shorter standing next to Tyler? He's standing next to me, and I was looking well, down. He's six, well, he's listed as 6'1". Um, he ain't 6'1", because I ain't 6'1". Yeah, Western, we asked him about the about the atmosphere, because a lot of the players have talked about the atmosphere on, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they, they said, like, tailgating-wise, it's pretty good up there. They didn't have like a ton of. They said like the, there's not like a ton going on in like the town. I guess is what they. Or he said there's like one spot. Yeah, like a, I don't know yeah. one bar or something. Yeah. Um, O'Malley's. O'Malley's. Yeah. So you know we talked to the guys. That was fun. 
you know, it's fun. You know, we got all these these athletes that the, that the teams and coaches have pegged as guys to truly represent our culture and our team and our school. So it's cool that you, you kind of get the creme de la creme. And so we walk over to the Wofford table. So <laughs> everybody remembers last year, Wofford starts out 0-5 and they fire their coach and it's a dumpster fire and whatnot. And they, they, Sean Watson had come in as the OC and they pegged him as the interim um, head coach and they took the interim tag off after they won like four games and almost beat Sanford on, in his first game. And so we're like, we have to talk to this guy. We got to find out what happened. How did he do it? Oh, we figured it out. So we figured it out. This guy is, he's, he's solid. Did he give you used car salesman vibes? No. (laughs) Okay. He didn't give me Because he talked like that. I loved what he was telling me and I believe him. Oh, okay. That's what you mean by. Just the way he communicates. Kind of snake oily, you know, like, you know, right? I don't. Anyway, anyway. So I don't, uh, I mean, like. Is you, yeah, it's fine. Every, yeah, I think he's a ni- I think he's a nice guy. He's a great coach. Um, sounds like he's brought it the program back to the basics, which yeah. is we need to focus on the athletes as people first, and then that culture breeds into the or bleeds, sorry, into the football onto the field. So he talked. He was straight up. He was like, "Look, we had a culture yeah. problem at Wofford, right?" And I loved his candidness about that. And he was very open. He, this is a guy who he was, he was an OC at Texas. OC at Texas, Northwestern programs. Yeah. So he's got a resume. I love that because as I've talked about on the podcast, I think a few times in, in episodes, sometimes the off the field stuff matters and it bleeds onto and it means production on the field. And I think this is a coach that gets that. And I, and I, and I always recognize that coaches that recognize that can become lethal um, in developing yeah. players and like building programs at whatever level, FBF, FBS, FCS, whatever basketball too, or any sport really. So I enjoy talking to him. I, I get the used car salesman point because it was very, buttoned up for from like a media perspective right i think yeah, that's, felt that's very smooth right it's smooth because it's buttoned up for us as like people in the media talking to them right so that's that's probably why but i could i could kind of see through that and see like the man and the coach and a coach that cares about the players and you saw like how he turned things around and so what does this yeah, mean? He had a good what does line. this mean? Like we gotta walk like Sam and I walked away from that table. We were like, okay, we did talk to Western Carolina and we were like, we gotta watch out for them. But we gotta watch out for Wofford. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, what maybe we maybe not thought. this year. But right. Maybe I, this year. But I definitely maybe, in the future. Like, I will say like they're not gonna be at the bottom. I have not me. been there and not met the guy. I just looked at his picture. I could see the used car salesman just but looking at his picture. Thank uh, you. He, he, you know, yeah, Texas and Louisville, but under the Charlie Strong era, which wasn't really the best. Uh, well, the best. Know, if you're era. trying to learn the about culture. Era. That's probably not the best uh, head coach. Not that Charlie Strong's a bad guy, but didn't have great tenure. No, so, so to that point, Mike, he said he he was pretty he, he was straightforward, like Jeb had said. He said, you know, I kind of got lost in my career. I was way more worried about job title and what I was getting paid and where I was coaching. Then I cared about the kids. And that's when he took a step back. He went to UNI, University of Northern Iowa, uh, was the OC there for a few years, then picked up and moved to Wofford as the OC. So, you know, so not, you know, the glitzy and glamour, most glamorous football programs like he was used to. And, you know, he said he reorient he he kind of re fell or he fell back in love with coaching. And that was by focusing, as Jeb had said, on the players. And he had this line. He says, we had to get the players to start loving each other again and speaking up, not speaking out. I thought that was an interesting take. Um, just like a little shift, right? But a huge shift. So that was, it was very interesting to hear how he was changing the culture there. Um, they still don't necessarily have the talent to compete, especially with the the Furmans, the Sanfords, the Mercers, uh, the UTCs even. So, but, you know, with his pedigree, with his 
buy-in, I think that it's fair to say that he's going to be building something sustainable, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I mean, say. but it's like talent only takes you so far if you don't have like good coaching and good culture. Right. If you don't have talent, but you have good culture, like that can take you a little ways as well. But it's... Yeah, and then last thing I, I, I'll add, and then we can move on uh, from Wofford because we've already given them way too much love. But they need it. He said that the FCS, uh, I guess... Their egos. They've lost so all they, three coaches this year. He said that the FCS is the last representative of what college sports college sports should look like. Hmm. Part you, said, you know what he means by that. Yeah, uh, the players in the markets aren't big enough to get paid. Is what money's he's saying. not as so, much of a like I said, true play, No, he means like players are more. Wouldn't have play, players are students first, athletes second, more like it but was. That's only because these schools aren't making gazillions of dollars on football. Which I wouldn't even go so far as to say that, like, I'm sure, like, yes, players have to get through the academics, all of that. We understand that. But they are spending, like, pretty much all, like, they're there to play football, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 100%. It's. Yeah, it's not division. The three whole um, NIL stuff, the NIL stuff, like like was kind of popping up in all these different, like the commissioner with. We asked a couple guys about it. I think we talked to him about it. Yeah, and it's not so much a direct threat to the SoCon as much as it is the ramifications as a, on the broader scale. That's a direct threat. To well, it's the like SoCon. the abuse. Like it's the abuse of. Because remember. The commissioner was talking about how state legislators were protecting their state schools yeah, from which is the, fine. The, the governing body of the NCAA. And like the state kind of right. has more power over that than like some private body. Well, the state the state does have the the NCAA has zero power. It's a club. Um, but as a member of that club, the NCAA has all the power over their member institutions. But the, the threat of NIL isn't to Sanford or Walford or like the threat is Congress passing legislation, making student athletes employees that would tank the FCS, things like that. Things where colleges have to pay X amount of dollars. Uh, so anyway, we'll move on. We'll move on. So the Walford coach was great. What who's not, who was not nearly as impressive and, uh, Definitely had a bought was buying a lot of hype going into the media day and was excited to hear from him. Who was not didn't live up to the billing was Maurice Drayton from Citadel. So, you know, he has an NFL pedigree, similar similarly very strong resume like Sean Watson. Funny enough, he actually I think he played on the same team as my old high school teammate and family friend Charles Wallace's dad. Uh, Charles Wallace's dad, Charles Wallace, was a uh, All-American guard on the Citadel National, the claimed national championship team in 92 or 91. And so it was kind of funny, small world connection there. But for all the challenges, you know, we asked him, you know, what is, what advantage or what are you, what are you selling Citadel? Um, and then he just goes into the challenges. He's like, oh, it's a military school. Not everybody wants to be in a military school. You look around here like these guys don't want to do that. It's like, okay, I didn't ask that. I asked, what makes Citadel different? What makes it, uh, why would I want to go there? And he wasn't really able to answer that. I don't know, um, and we'll get into more of this on our preseason uh, episodes, but I don't know if he has experience building a program. I don't think Sean Watson has experience building a program. He was a head coach at a few stops. Um, But those are all question marks for some of these newer coaches in the league. And... At the end of the day, if you're at a VMI or a Citadel and you're not pumped for the opportunities and advantages uh, that come with going to a military academy like that, I don't know what you're telling recruits. Uh, to me, it's pretty easy f- – or there there should be plenty of easy fits out there of just hard-nosed dudes who want to go you know, be disciplined and be at a military academy. Not necessarily go to the military. Maybe some do. But there has to be some kind of – what's the word? Selling Joe? point. Um, synergy there should surely there's some kind of synergy out there some pool of players but i mean both of these schools citadel and vmi used to be powerhouses uh certain eras of of the sport so that was Sam, underwhelming did Sam, you have anything you, to add about maurice Jim? do you like my question i said uh 
What do you think about Sanford? Oh, the powder so, blue. Oh, no, no, no. I said, all right, so the, yeah, so the first question I asked him was, all right, so what's your favorite powder blue? North Carolina? Or I said Carolina blue or Citadel blue? And he said, actually, Carolina is South Carolina or U.S. Which was annoying. And I was like, okay, not, like, no. Get, stop. And then um, he was like, but Citadel. I was like, okay, all right. Anyway, told him I was a Carolina just, anyway. I don't know if he thought we were dumb or what. I don't <laughs> he know. He probably, what. I think he, he was, did, actually. I, I think I felt that. I think that. he did, too. But I thought, I, um, did you guys go introduce yourselves? Like, hey, Sam Devaney, State of the Dogs. Uh, so yeah, this is how we introduce like, ourselves. We're like, hey, I'm Sam. It's my buddy Jeb. We have a podcast okay. on Sam. Yeah, I like that. How are all you? Right. Uh, I the second question I asked him was, so what do you think about Sanford this year? <laughs> he was like, hey, you got a good program, yeah. <laughs> the gen, just generic. Um, it's kind of a yeah. troll question too. Was and that was a troll um, question, and I walked out. And I think I end, had a and moment. we were like, we were like, this guy, dude. I had yeah. a moment like two days ago or this weekend, yeah. and I was just sitting there, and I was like, dude, that was such a troll question I asked that coach. <laughs> So it was media. such a troll question. <laughs> and I, was I like, loved it though, ah, because like, he, he wasn't giving us anything. He was nothing. It was night and day between our conversations with Wofford and ETSU. Well, um, that's kind of, I mean, yeah, I guess I kind of backed into like or, a very uh, like Western basic Carolina. question because we weren't really getting much here. Yeah. Um, he was one of those guys, Michael, like if you're on a date, he's one of those girls that she, the only thing she is responding with is your question and like that's it no nothing else oh um what you what's know, your favorite what do you color think about the sky blue. oh it's blue yeah it's like Cringe. okay hate that what do you think about this food it's good okay well, okay to be fair though yeah. like the food's good like, he, he's Citadel's not there good. the food's good Citadel's he's not there good. to ask you guys questions he's not he's there to give the media what they want no but no, no, he's no. there we were look, Michael. We were trying to be so nice. We were trying to. He was. We were like, sell us on Citadel. I, like I buttered him up. I was like, the Citadel is a proud and illustrious history uh, in the in all sports. You even brought in like a personal yeah, personal uh, connection. Yeah, someone you I was know. Like, look, yeah, we love. Connection. We we want Citadel to be back. And the first question, like I asked, you know, some of that other stuff I mentioned. But my first question was like, how are you going to bring Citadel back? Yeah. And he had nothing. That's, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he was like worried that. If he's a stock, sell, 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 <laughs> and, sell. And then I asked him about Powder Blue. And then I asked yeah. him about. I think we got we to gotta reach out to the FCS Nation guys. One of them is a big Citadel dude. So he's going to have a much healthier perspective, I think, on the hiring yeah. and the coach. But uh, just our first impression, not good. So anyway. Did you talk to VMI? Those are the two. coach. He's new too, right? No. Yeah. Uh, we tried to. I did. He was actually kind of popular. Because I think they came on before Sanford on ESPN Plus, And I listened to in the preview. He seems like. What would you think? I didn't take notes or anything. But I, I thought he seemed like a pretty solid guy. Uh, yeah. The players. The two players there seemed. Yeah. You know, they really talked about getting back to the basics. And uh, I think defense. Honestly, I don't remember what they talked about. But I just remember having a good impression. So. The problem, yeah, that's the problem with VMI is getting back to the basics is not going to amount to really anything because they just don't <laughs> have the talent right now. So they can get back to the basics all they want, but they're still going to suck. So <laughs> we didn't really talk to any any. We definitely were not going to talk up to Furman. We were just kind of sickened by the amount of exposure they were getting. Um, no, Sam and I still just had like the the rivalry, like kind of blood just kind of yeah we were kind of like mad well you gotta hate it like like we've got we just ran the table last year we've got the returning socon offensive player of the year the preseason socon offensive player of the year we made it to what the quarterfinals of number one fcs yeah i mean like you you would think after everything we did last season and everything that we're bringing back granted Furman's bringing everybody back you would think that we were getting some love yeah exactly we got a little love we got a little. Oh no! But we let's, did. So let's we get did. to us. Let's get to us. So I mean, we're obviously we've been hanging out with our guys this whole time. They're super chill. That honestly, Michael, that was the coolest part, right, Jeb? Like the fact that we just got to hang out with them and just chit chat and have lunch, and 
it was so casual just the act the level of yeah. access is unparalleled in a conference like ours so yeah, i saw that picture of you two talking nice. to talking Sorry, to so, the players that was cool made me jealous Oh, is there a picture out there? Say for football Twitter or X, whatever you call it. Yeah, I sent it. I sent it to you guys. Oh, I didn't see that. What? We made the same for football. I I saw the. I didn't see that. Anyway, stop. There were people like frame that. There were people taking photos of us like while we were talking, like people walking up with cameras, like but like getting up close. Y'all made y'all made the Sanford football. I, it must have been one of those. We were talking players. to the two players. Oh, we did. That's sick. That's somebody, sick. somebody texted me. Is that? Is that? Just LOL, yes. Jeb. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So anyway, we go to the yeah, table. It was good to see them. Yeah. And we we're talking with uh, Michael Hires and Joseph Romero. And, you know, we we've been talking to them. We didn't learn anything really new. Although I will say, the two takeaways from just our general conversations were. Joseph Mara was very excited about how deep we were on defense, which was very soothing, frankly, uh, to hear because we lost so much on the defensive line and kind of a little bit, a little bit in the secondary. We still got Fred Flavors back, but it's just one of those things where we don't Life know a lot flames. of the guys are, that yeah, that, are, uh, that Coach Hatch brought in with the portal and and the you know the guys that have been on the team but will now be playing. So to hear how Mara has been there six years or five years by this point, how excited he was for the depth and the size and kind of the tenacity of the defense, I was like, heck yeah, like I want to hear that. And then Michael Hires is like, look, I'm not a one to talk about talent, but you're going to be hard pressed to find more weapons in the SOCON than on our team. And he's right. Like the fact that we have a guy – like Ty King, who's kind of coming out of the woodworks from injury, who's so talented. We got DJ Rias, who's going to have you know a much higher uh, or just a larger role in the offense now that Kindle's out in the CFL. Things like that. I mean, he listed off three or four more dudes, and we're just like, and, and the, the fact that he's saying this, right? The number one preseason FCS quarterback, Manning camp counselor, like. Oh, Jeb, talk about that. So that was cool. So Michael gave us some stories about his time at the Manning camp, which was nice. sweet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Michael got to go to the uh, Manning QB camp down in Louisiana. And uh, he gave us some tidbits on what that was like. He said, like, the Mannings were just, like, walking up to him. And they, like, knew his name. They were like, yeah, you know, like, Arch- he even Archie – Manning like was like yeah, I I know about San- you know you guys are doing good good work down there in Sanford awesome. you know and then he he says but this is what stuck stuck with me um, not only was Michael talking about how like Eli and Peyton knew pretty much everything about every single player that was down there and they were just pers- having a personal conversation with players Archie told Michael that they got the idea for the Manning football camp from Sanford. Really? Yeah. How cool is yeah. that? So that came from Sanford. Now, like this just like highlighted another element. Like Archie, Archie was at a camp. Uh, so Bobby yeah, Bowden had Bobby a QB camp, camp yeah, at yeah, Sanford yeah. and Archie went attended. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, this is such a good idea. Now Sanford's wasn't 32 fields, you know, five, however many, how many kids it's like say, 200. Were there? 4,000. Oh, okay. No, it's not four thousand. <laughs> it's like not but that there many. There are four thousand quarterbacks in the country. Well, no, 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 no. The quarterbacks, like Michael Hires, was like a he was a coach. Yeah, but it's still like, like it's kids sign up to go to the it's camp. Still a quarterback, but yeah, it's not four thousand. Yeah, like, yeah. But these kids are getting coached by college, like the yeah. best college quarterbacks that are selected to coach them or whatever. And I think that there's got to be some training that they get as well. But because like Michael said, he was throwing like warming up and stuff. I don't know. I'm not a quarterback. Oh, that was Jeff. That was funny. Uh, When he, you know, he's telling us these stories and stuff. Joseph, Joseph is standing there. He's like, man, I should have been a quarterback. And we're just started laughing. It's like, it's a different life, man. It's a different life as a QB. One that I'm nowhere near familiar with. So, yeah, he did say like, you know, they'd go hang out with like Peyton and he'd be like, just going like hanging out normal, like you know, go out to eat yeah, or whatever. That's cool. So, yeah, John congratulated cool. him on his engagement. So then we, you know, we come on, no. guys. 
Miss. I guess I already t- texted him about that or something. Oh, okay, nice. Well, Good that. for you, Jeb. I definitely did not. So sorry about that, Michael. If you're listening, uh, congratulations. Marriage is amazing. <laughs> so, uh, so then we went over and talked to Coach Hatcher, which was a little nerve wracking. Like of all the people in the room, were probably the most nervous to talk to. It was him, just because he's our coach, um, and he's such a beloved figure on campus and with the team. It's like, Oh God, here we go. But he was chill. Uh, he definitely loosened up after a little bit. Um, I don't know if Jeb and I are intimidating or what, but it, it, Jeb, didn't you notice like a pretty market shift after about 10 minutes into talking with him <clears throat> with Joseph? No, no, no. With coach Hatcher. Oh, Hatch. Uh, oh, well definitely Joseph. Yeah, definitely well, Joseph. That's too. what I was going to. Yeah. Joseph is very shy, but he, he kind of opened up to us a little bit after we. So. Yeah, we're gonna get him on nice. the podcast. Hatch was Hatch was too, but <clears throat> I think I think Coach, you know, he was just straight to the point. You know, I mean, like, yeah, it, I kind of got a vibe from Coach that like he's kind of like, you know, this is we just got to be here at media days, but like, I got to get back to work. You know, hundred percent. Like that's the vibe I got. He's like, no, nah, like Coach, I got to yeah. get my guys back to work. Like we we got Coach isn't a fan of talking season. Yeah, we don't need to be especially here days, five but, days before fall um, camp starts. Oh, dude, that was that's what sucked is like these guys yeah, are going back to late. camp, and it's like on uh, this past Monday. Yeah, they started this Monday. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think what did we ask him? I asked him about like you know we were so asking we, about so we the started season, off the like schedule, how do you like find your edge? Like you know, we went eight zero yeah. in the SoCon last year, nine zero in the SoCon. Um. Yeah, how do, made it so how, far in the playoffs? Play like how chip on our shoulder? Exactly. Yeah, and he gave us his coaching uh, philosophy. It's like you. What, what did he say, Jeb? You, you try to be as ultimate as you can be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I can't remember the exact like exactly what he said, but something along the lines of this: it's you just put out your maximum every single time you're out there, whether you're on the practice field or in the game. And he said, all I care about is, has my team given their best on the, yeah, on the practice field his- and in the game? So he said we could be, what, what do you say, seven and eight? And mm-hmm. that could seven be and the, six. seven and six. That could be the best that team could have done. You know, we could have gone undefeated and that could have been, that was the best that team <laughs> team could do we could you know not win a game and that could be the best that team now i'm i'm exaggerating on that but he did kind of you win a championship when you have your best your team is the best they've ever been and everyone else is the worst they've ever been yeah um that's the that that's how you win a a lot of confidence in the season let's just hope a team of no look he's definitely not one to puff up his team but yeah, that's what he's doing, though. He, that's his. Remember, my, me, well, this is a little tidbit for the the uh, episode to be released soon. But uh, oh, should I cut okay. it out? Our last, our last interview. Our last our, interview. Our big finale. This is from our last interview, uh, which will be coming out soon. Is. Yep. Coach, uh, coach has coach has a little bit of a tendency to, you know, be what's the word, Sam? I don't remember this I don't part know, of the interview. What's the word? So I don't either. Uh, superstitious. Oh, oh, very. Yeah. Coach is Michael, superstitious. He eats at the same restaurant every yeah, Thursday. Yeah, because this what they play Hill. Bink Oak Hill. What's Oak Hill? Yeah, I don't know. Some di- some bar restaurant. Uh, it sounds like a place with wood paneling walls. Um, the bingo thing from the bingo thing that Chandler talked oh. about, right? That's all superstition. Yeah, he said Michael Hodge right. is like but- more superstitious <laughs> than Coach Hatch. Yeah, Coach. Anyway, Coach. Coach did tell Sam and I, we were asking about, like, you know, the Auburn game, right? We were asking about some of the other matchups. 
and he he said, "Oh, I'm just gonna leave. I'm just gonna leave the, you know, the thinking on that the stuff hype. to you, the hype on, to exactly. all that stuff to you guys." Yeah, and um, it was like we're one game at a time, right? And I and love he's right. That. I love that because that's in a, really in a true playoff. To... Yeah, yeah, in a true playoff in a, in a conference like the SoCon. Not to get deep, but that's how you should take. That's how you should take your life too. By putting this <laughs> one day at a time. time. Yeah, it's healthy. Yeah. Just focus on what you got to do right now. But yeah, so he he stressed one game at a time. The team needs to be the best they can be, and that's the goal. Now, the best that this team could be is amazing. So, the sky is the freaking limit here. Um, I think he knows that. He just wasn't like he just didn't want to say it. Yeah, no, I, I think I think everybody knows that they can be good, and I think that that's good. Um, I think that the culture is strong enough to where the guys will work hard enough to give themselves a chance at being their best. Dude, honestly, I'm not, a, you know, you execute on game days, always up in the air. The other team's trying as hard as they can. You know, there's all kinds of variables. But honestly, Sam, I'm a little superstitious as well because I would find my – I would catch myself saying things to like Joseph or Michael or like even Coach Hatcher and I'd be like, yeah, I mean like we let's win a championship. You know, like I'd be hyping – but then I'd, I'd catch myself and I'd be like, but we got to take one game at a time, you know. <laughs> Dude, okay, it's funny, Jeff. That brings up a good point. It was hard. It was easy. It was easy to put your media hat on and try to dig in with some of the other schools. It was much harder to do that with Sanford. I had, I feel like, I had my fan hat on more, more so. Yeah, than, like, especially yeah, when we sat down at lunch, and it's like, oh my god, like, what's up, coach? You know, like we haven't met before, but now we're hanging out for a lunch at least. Yeah, that's pretty. So. Yeah, it, it's it was an interesting it was an interesting balance, Michael, because you know, we're not professional journalists, even though we try to be good provide good insights to a degree. We are not reporters. We're not holding the school accountable or the coaches or players accountable or anything. It's not our day job. We're kind of fanboys, you know. Yeah. I mean it is sports media though, it's a little bit different. Yeah, we it's a, we we operate in an, in a weird space uh, that's kind of living in both feet in both camps, but that's okay. I would say overall, you know, very impressed with the with the setting of the media day, the hotel, grade A, grade A hotel. Impressed with the food at the luncheon. You know, I had very low expectations for a mass lunch uh, for the SoCon football conference. Even even just the the tables and the mm-hmm. setup and the the refreshments, the coffee, right? Like the, yeah, great the snacks, like all that stuff was great. And it was all they even had a room for the media to sit in and work. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, they always they have those at every single one of those. But I mean, that's kind of expected. Yeah, but nice. That's the whole point, right? But. Uh, but it was disappointing that there were no lanyards, you know, as credentialed media for the first time. We have no yeah. documentation that that actually happened. So I mean, we were there. We were there, but it would have been nice to get a little pass just just for the old scrapbook. But, you know, whatever. Can't have it all. Football Twitter. Which is so funny. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So the oh, one other thing is – a conference like ours, especially listening to some of the national guys talk about the media days at other big conferences, what I really liked was the access just in the general room. Everybody except for Marie Drayton was pretty willing to talk to you and whatever and you know give you insights and tell you how they felt. And I, I don't like that. With that said, one thing that bugged the snot out of me was the fact that there was no just general Q&A for coaches to get up there, give their little spiel, and then get you know the reporters to ask questions. And I was like, why? I want to hear the run of the mill, you know, the 
puff piece tidbit that the school wants to put out about this season, about the state of their program, and then have some, you know, softball questions asked. I did not, I don't like that the SoCon really just does that with yeah, the one dude. I was, uh, I was a little disappointed watching from home the ESPN Plus broadcast. It was like maybe five or ten minutes on Sanford, and I was expecting, you know, the formal interview with with coach and the players, and then like a Q and A session with media. But did they do that with other teams? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, other conferences, yeah. Oh, right. I don't have much, Sam. I, I'm looking forward to being there next year. I'm sure we have the same thing, right, for basketball, so I'm sure we'll be there. Yeah, depending on where the basketball one is, we will be there, uh, assuming it's not going to be far yeah. away. That one will be – No. hopefully that one's a little spicier. I hope there's a little less love. I think the guys were a little too lovey-dovey uh, at this event, but I, I need some more – I don't know what's the word. Coldness, more. I think beef between players on the basketball court is more entertaining than beef between players on the football field. Yeah, and that's what I'm here. I'm here for the beef, baby. Give me the. Where's the beef? Where's the beef? Brought to you by Wendy's. Not really. I wish one day maybe Arby's. Maybe yeah. Arby's. No. What about we have the meat? Uh, it- We're not going to be an Arby's podcast, but. Um... Okay, anyway, so Jeb, you get the last word. What do you want to say? Let's get it done, coach. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I'm really bummed that I missed media days. Uh, by the sounds of it, by the sound of it, it'll be a, uh, a stiff competition between Sanford and Furman. But Mercer and Chattanooga... Uh, close second place, possibly Western Carolina as a dark horse this season. Um, About half the conference, yep. Really excited. <laughs> We've got a tough stretch there, though, with Western. And it's a brutal, it's a brutal Auburn, first stretch, yeah. And then chat. Yep. And then yep, to end yep. the season, we've got Mercer and then UT Martin, which might be yep. better than any other team in the SoCon other than maybe Furman. Uh, so I think the the schedule is is going to be a tricky one, but it'll be fun. Yeah, we'll get yeah. into that later. Obviously, I didn't mean to open another can of worms. No, a little housekeeping before we sign off. Uh, so, it is Friday the fourth. Um, when you're hearing this, we're going to release the last interview. It's going to be an awesome one uh, on August 11th, and then begins our football season schedule. So, at the moment, we're thinking we're going to release two episodes a week. Uh, We aren't sure quite when, but one recap, one preview. So just be on the lookout for that once games begin. But between the last interview and the first game, we'll come out with a few preseason episodes. Hopefully, you know, maybe we'll bring on a few guests. I'm thinking a couple position players, maybe some linemen to give us some good insights on where the team's at heading into the season. But stay tuned. We've got a lot, lot of exciting stuff coming up this season. A couple more exciting announcements, but not, not for tonight. So with that, State of the Bulldogs is out. And let the countdown keep ticking, baby. Football season's close. Hey, you already know. You know, Sanford, about to get that ring, man. Hey, love y'all. We love y'all.